Hi, I'm Mara Webster with In Creative Company, and today I'm thrilled to be joined by the co-directors of Bobby Wine, the People's President. We are joined today by the wonderful Moses Boyo and Christopher Sharp. And I wanted to start by talking about the, the journey of what you kind of initially anticipated this film to be against what it's ended up being, because when you initially connected with Bobby Wine, it sounds like the initial interest and in spark was music career and then it became very much about the political activism which follows and so I was just really interested in the journey of meeting him having the idea for one type of film and then that journey of it becoming something quite different and really prolific yeah absolutely so I mean I'll start with that one thanks for having us it's really good to be here so I grew up in Uganda I was born in Uganda and my dad was also born in Uganda so you know we had this big connection I was a big fan of Bobby Wine's music before I met him. We um, we used to play his music in the car and when we had parties, we loved, loved Bobby Wine. I actually met him in Europe in 2017. Um, he was with Barbie and I sat down and because we had this Ugandan connection, we sort of, you know, had quite a lot in common and Barbie had grown up in the same era of, of Uganda as I had. I had. So we just started talking and he explained what he was embarking on this extraordinary journey where he'd been such a successful musician. He'd pulled himself out of the ghetto, set himself up, an amazing wife, beautiful children, concerts all the time. And now he was just plunging himself into this terrible, perilous position. And you just knew that he was dealing with a military dictatorship and it was just going to be, it was not going to end well. You know, it was very, very likely not to end well. So I was just struck by his bravery and it just felt to me like a, a, a film script. So I went out to Uganda and met Moses and spoke to Bobby and Bobby said, yeah, by all means, follow me. And, and you know, the whole thing about making this sort of film is you don't know where it's going to go. You don't know if you're going to end up with a film. We didn't know, you know, what would happen to Bobby. Many times during the filming of this, we thought Bobby had been killed or he was going to be permanently locked up. So it's just a really perilous. The whole the whole process was, um, I mean, it's it's really difficult. But, you know, you sort of carry on and you carry on and you carry on. And eventually, um, our whole point was to be able to tell the story of Uganda. And I mean, Moses will be able to talk about that well. Yeah, hey Mara, thank you again for having us. It's really great to be here and to share the story of our film. Um, yeah, like Christopher says, you know, we're both born and raised in Uganda. Um, so Chris reached out uh, around, uh, it was uh, 2017, tried towards the end of the year. Um, and Bobby had just won, um, an election as an MP in his constituency, which he won by about 75%. Um, you know, Uganda is a very young country with over 85% of the population under the age of 35. Um, and, you know, we had, as a young man living in Uganda at the time, we had really seen Bobby, you know, as they say in America, pull himself up by the bootstraps, you know, go from being, uh, living in the ghetto, uh, to becoming a musician um, and, you know, building a wonderful life around himself. So we had seen him transform and become this inspiration to the nation. And we loved his music and, 
Yeah, now he was coming into parliament and saying, look, I'm not only going to speak about the ills of this government. Um, I want to enact laws that are going to change, um, that are going to bring change, you know. So Christopher reached out around the same time, you know, we met and Chris was like, you know, Moses was born here. You know, my dad was born here. I'm like, what, really? You know, and he's like, yeah, I want to make a film about this country. So, you know, it was just a, a, a deep connection that we we continue to share today. Um, so we, um, you know, uh, it was a very easy ask. I, I quickly said yes. And, you know, we we embarked on this this wonderful wonderful five-year-long, now six-years-long journey uh, of making Bobby Wine the people's president. Yeah, I love that, you know, and and because, Christopher, you, you were bringing up that point about, obviously, during filming, you knew that there was a lot of risk involved for Bobby personally mm. and that there was a possibility that you could lose him along the way. Yeah. And I was really interested in if you had conversations about it because he obviously is very self-aware of it. We see him in the film saying the most important thing for me is to still be alive seven days from now for the election. Um, mm. And so he's aware that that is a potential thing with the number of threats on his life that are happening. And I was just interested if you had any conversations with him or yourselves about what would feel important to make sure that we capture and that we tell in his story in this film if that does happen? Yeah, I mean, the feeling was, I mean, you know, someone asked me the other day, so what was the thing that struck you most during, make, you know, the period of making this film? The thing that struck me most was their bravery. I mean, I just, you know, you just cannot imagine willfully putting yourself in that situation, knowing that the upside is so lightly and so so difficult so it's just the courage I don't I mean you know maybe it's the youthfulness but it's it's just he just doesn't seem to equate risk but it's not like he doesn't talk about it so Bobby mm. will constantly be saying you know I might not make it but everyone must carry on you know he, mm. he almost expected to um for, to not pull through and it's just, I mean, it, you know, just so courageous and so many people around him. You know, I think the other thing that's happened to Bobby, because Uganda is a relatively <clears throat> undeveloped country and the, the actual money and influence just rests with so few people, the weight of a nation was on his shoulders and he felt that burden. He felt, you know, I'm, and he actually says in the film, you know, I had the loudest voice. And so it felt to me to stand up for these people. And without Bobby, you know, the most of the people, 90% of the people of Uganda have no one looking after them. You know, so the healthcare is terrible. The education system is terrible. And here is a man who actually made it. You know, he made it. And then he is willing to, to go back and lose it to help the nation. So it was just, I mean, they are absolutely astounding. And I think Bobby's constantly aware that tomorrow might be his last day. I, I don't think for one minute he's unaware of that. And Bob, Barbie as well. I mean, Barbie, you know, you see in the film, Barbie crying. She says, I don't know if only I knew what had happened to him. If only I knew, then I could deal with it. And she's constantly in those positions, you know, um, She's, you know, all the time she's thinking something terrible is going to happen to him. But they're they're not like mere mortals. <laughs> they are um, they're very, very special people. And they've surrounded themselves with other special, courageous people. 
Yeah, and I think the the film does a really beautiful job at looking at, you know, the the strength that they find within themselves, but it also looks at the fallibility and, you know, it doesn't shy away from it's a terrifying thing. There's fear involved at certain moments as well in persevering in that sort of realm. Um, and I was interested particularly in just kind of filming with the family in, in a lot of those moments, like when they're sitting around the table talking to their kids about, you know, we're going to send you to America to stay with a relative so that you're safe or even just the intimacy of, you know, seeing Bobby and Barbie's relationship and how they really kind of pull each other through a lot of situations and, and how that really gave a lot of heart and a lot of other layers to the film for you both. Yeah, it's it's been um it's been a wonderful really uh experience and look Bobby and Bobby gave us this incredible access, you know, which grew over time and you know speaking on the uh the 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 point of danger that Christopher was making um, you know, when we started early on, we were really focusing on the, the political stuff and, you know, the political movement. Uh, but increasingly, the state, after Bobby announced that he was going to, um, he was making efforts to remove the dictatorship in power. Um, there started uh, the, 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 the state, um, you know, with its its whole state apparatus started coming at him with violence uh, increasingly on his family, those close to him. Um, there was a grenade thrown close, uh, you know, at his son's bedroom uh, one morning, you know. Um, so, you know, we were then really welcomed into into their in, more into into their home and their family. So we this access actually grew over time as the danger around them grew. Uh, in fact, by the end of it all, the camera was uh, almost like a protection to them. Um, and, you know, after uh, five years of following them, you know, we were like family and some of these intimate moments, you know, just happened as as we went along, like that specific scene that you you describe, um, you know, they, they uh, his his election aides had been arrested, like lots of his friends around him were arrested and it was just him, his wife his children and just a few other people around him. There was not so many, you know, his driver and a few other people. Um, and he he noticed that it was, as we were heading into the election, it was going to be worse. You know, there was already a military, big military and police uh, deployment around their house, you know. So, um, yeah, and, they, you know, they've created this wonderful, uh, like, communication between them and their children. Their children know exactly what they're doing. You know, the children know the their dad is not a bad person. He's not in jail because he's a bad person. You know, it's because he's actually fighting for the rights of, of, of the oppressed in Uganda. So, um, yeah, that scene, you know, just happened, um, you know, just happened in front of us. And and that was a tender, wonderful, beautiful moment. Um, and, yeah, you know, we, we had over 4,000 foot, uh, sorry, 4,000 hours of footage. Um, and, you know, there's incredible, incredible moments like that, you know, very intimate and beautiful that we captured. Yeah, I mean, I think it was just to add to that, you know, it's just a moment, it's a thing of trust. Mm. So you start off, um, you know, with people who a lot of the stuff we filmed would have been extremely useful for mm. the regime. And it would have put Bobby and Barbie, obviously, you know, and they excluded us from 
nothing. You know, mm. I, but I always say that if you gave the 4,000 hours to someone who wanted to make a derogatory film about Bobby and Barbie, mm. they would struggle. They really mm. would. It's, it's just very much, it's just, um, it's just how they are, you know, it's, mm. that's how they are. And I think because they knew that they were telling the truth and they weren't putting on an act, it was fine for them because yeah. they're the real deal and they could just, you know, they could just allow us that access knowing they would be right. To the extent when, you know, they didn't have any editorial say on the actual film, you know, we obviously showed it to them pretty close to the end because we wanted to make sure someone in the film who was going to be compromised or something which would be damaging to anyone, you know, who didn't want to be seen or something like that. But there was no, you know, Bobby's th first thing when he saw the film was, <clears throat> why have you taken out all the violence? Which just just gives you an indication of how much violence they had suffered. Mm. And obviously there is quite a lot of violence in the film and we thought it alluded perfectly, you know, people imagine, you know, this is just a slice of it. But it's um, it, it was just this incredible thing of trust. And, and that's the people they are. They are, mm. you know, when you go to their house, there's always people around, there's people in mm. the garden. They are just very welcoming and um, great people. And they also, Bobby said to us the other day, he said, you know, we had to make a decision very early when the children were very small to be very honest with them because mm -hmm. they were going to school. And as Moses just said, people would say, oh, your dad's in prison. He's a criminal. So we thought the best thing was to, you know, the way of protecting them was to pull them in early and explain, you know, this country, this is the situation not everyone understands it. This is what we're trying to change. And it worked. The children bought into it and then they could be at school and be outside and have the confidence to know that their father and mother were on the right side of history. And I, I feel like in the film as well, alongside moments like that, where you have the intimacy of the family, you've mm. also really tackled the much broader context going even further than just the political landscape of Uganda, but also how is Western media potentially complicit in Western countries and the way that they're coverage, covering it, um, particularly with news. And I was just interested in kind of how you approach tackling the idea of a film where you have these very intimate portrayals of your subject and his family, but then also making sure that you had these much broader conversations and questions that you want to ask the audience. Yeah, you get to the end of the election where, you know, there's been no um, Americans or Europeans there to monitor the elections. You know it's a total sham. And it's presented in the media mm. as a result. You know, mm. Museveni won by 54%, like it's mm. a sort of factual thing. And then the other thing which was depressing was the way, you know, Europe and the Americans and the British government come out and say, you know, deeply disturbing, um, you know, we're troubling, you know, troubling violence, you know, troubling this, you know, and the integrity of the election, you know, is questionable. But within weeks, you know, everyone's back to doing business with Museveni. And the real hero, um, the person who actually stands for our values, our democratic values, the person who's done the whole thing by the book, non-violently stuck to the rules, you know, is very much sidelined again. So, you know, but Bobby doesn't feel like that. He's he's picks himself up and he goes mm. again. But in Bobby and Barbie, you know, Africa, not just Uganda, Africa have the most incredible heroes. 
And I, you know, I personally think Bob is the most interesting politician to come out of Africa since Mandela. Uh, he's he's the, really someone very special. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's really remarkable. And and I also was very interested in kind of the the process once you got much further into shooting um, and the two of you weren't necessarily kind of side by side where you had Moses, you were kind of on the front lines with, mm. with Bobby filming and, and doing a lot of the cinematography with him. Mm. Well, Christopher, you kind of started going into the edit room and looking at those 4,000 hours of footage and going, mm. you know, what is the narrative arc of this film? How are we going to shape this into a story that works for audiences? Um, mm. And I was just very interested in what that stage of production looked like for you both. No, yeah. it was wonderful. Yeah. I mean, it was such a great collaboration. I don't think we would have done it any other way or in any other better way because, you know, uh, it was increasingly dangerous in Uganda even just to have the footage, right? I, we had to, like, smuggle footage to Christopher every now and then. And, you know, um, by the time we started um, editing, we had amassed, oh, I don't even know how much. There was so much footage and you know, we just needed to cut it to something. And, you know, there had been all these attempted assassinations and Bobby, his driver, had been killed. You know, we wanted to have something ready if anything happened. So we started editing quite early on. And, you know, so we wouldn't have done this any other way. I think the whole arrangement worked out perfectly. And, you know, it's it's just been an incredible collaborative journey. I was on the phone all the time with Chris and... You know, I, I I remember we would talk at, at every hour, you know, I called Chris and he picked up and if, and we, right away he would just pick up whichever time. And I remember meeting his wife and his wife telling me, Moses, you're, you're my co-wife. <laughs> like I'm, <laughs> I'm sharing Chris with you. <laughs> so like I called him at these odd hours, you know, this is happening. Look, I've been arrested. Blah, blah, blah. This is going on. You know, uh, what do we do? You know, how, 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 you know, this scene is happening anyway. So we would, you know, discuss and, and you know, it's been a wonderful collaborative effort. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think the thing is, you know, we we started um, editing quite early on. So it was a, sort of a year of looking at footage and then two years in the edit suite. I mean, it's when you watch the film, it feels quite obvious. But when you're confronted with 4,000 hours of footage, and so many good stories and mm. so many people who deservedly should be in the story. But, you know, we had an amazing editor, Paul Carlin. W- what um, we sort of worked out was that the closer we stayed to Bobby and Barbie in the narrative, the better the film was. Mm. And, you know, rather than broaden it to a lot of other people around him who are also incredible, it just felt good when you were when you were close to them because you felt the pain of Uganda through through their pain. And then, you know, we had to make because we wanted the film to be under two hours. So we didn't want to have so much violence because we wanted to, people to be able to watch the film without being kind of totally engulfed in horror, because I think sometimes it can be a distraction from the story. And then we also, you know, did things like, you know, there was the vote rigging. You know, we had video of policemen with black bags stuffing votes into ballots. We had people just sitting on the floor and clicking Museveni's name on the ballot thing again and again and again. So we had all that, but we just thought it was it was implied, you know, and we just felt that people I remember one reviewer um, said to us, you know, we should have given us a history of Uganda. And we sort of had these conversations, but, you know, if people want to know the history of Uganda, look on Wikipedia, 
you know you ours was an observational documentary and it just had a it was a slice of bobby and barbie's life then you could equally be making a film about them about them now and it would be a different slice of their life because the situation and what they're going through is continual mm. so it was um and it was just that working out that this is a film it's a love story it's a film about bobby and barbie and their children and what they're trying to do and what they're going through and once we've got that established um and then the other thing that was really important was the music because bobby communicates with the people of uganda through his music we you know we were just talking about the coronavirus song you know that was very topical at the time if he wants to tell the policeman who and the military who are attacking him if you want to say listen i'm with you you know you're one of us you're also oppressed you're paid terribly you know your families are treated badly you are with us he'll sing a song and then he'll put that song out and that's his way so it made complete sense to have bobby's music in the film and also have the lyrics as part of the narrative story so it's sort of you know but it takes ages to work out um it takes so long to work out these things and when you've done them it's like oh my god that's so obvious but it, it does take time so it it took yeah it took a couple of years to actually sit there and craft a story and I also think to to the point about how much of the history of Uganda do we show and need to educate the audience on versus not for an observational documentary, the same can also be said of Museveni. You know, we don't necessarily need the play-by-play -play of everything over 35 years. Um, and I think you've made really smart choices in the way that you kind of give us that information at the beginning. And then we really just see through the way that things play out. We have such an understanding of, of what that looks like in day-to-day, -day, especially for Bobby. Um, and so how did you set about kind of landing on that as if we're if we're showing him and if we're talking about him, this is how we want to feature that in the film alongside Bobby. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, yeah. Sorry, Moses. Go, Moses yeah, Museveni uh, is is you know he's a repressive dictator and and just any statements he says is just you can just tell who he is. Um, and very brilliantly, uh, Lindsay Hillsam does this interview. We had been debating about how much we bring into like the Museveni people, like, you know, his his advisors and all that, you know, we were quite unsure of how that would work. Um, but, uh, you know, close to the election, we had thought about this in interview of Museveni and we thought, you know, how shall we get access? I tried to reach out to, to some of his press people, you know, they turned us down, you know, but, you know, of course, um, I think it would have been a terrible mistake, you know, if we had interviewed him, because I don't know if we would leave that, you know, state house with that footage. I have no idea. But um, yeah, just brilliantly, Lindsay Hilsom does this wonderful interview where he, she just leads him through these traps and, you know, he just gives us everything that we would have needed in an interview. Yeah. yeah I mean, like, you know, there was sort of bits which, you know, you're filming so in DC with Bobby in the car and it's in the film and Barbie's just gone back and Bobby's feeling really down. So he's kind of, because Barbie's just gone back and he's just sort of, you know, thinking about her going back. And he says that thing about, you know, I'd really like to, you know, Museveni was my hero. I'd like to have a frank conversation with him. You said the problem with Africa is leaders who stay too long 
you know, what happened to you? Now, for me, that 30 seconds just says everything. You know, you don't need a history of, of Museveni. You have Bobby saying in the shortest time, we respected you, you were a great guy, you said all the things, and 38 years, you're still there. And that's it. You know, you've you've learned everything you need to know about Museveni and that, um, that, that little 30 seconds delivered by Bobby. Yeah, and, and you both also were t touching upon earlier, obviously, the, the population of Uganda is very young, with 85% of the people being under 35. And I think the film also does a really beautiful job at kind of capturing that sense of the groundswell of support and change that the younger generation want. Um, and so how did you set about when you were filming, making sure that you were capturing those moments to show, you know, the way that the generations behind Bobby are also kind of coming up with that same ethos and approach? I think it was very natural, you know, um, Bobby, I mean, again, with his music, he has this wonderful support all over the country. Um, and this cuts across age, but mostly the young people, you know, the young people really resonate with his messaging. Um, as a young Ugandan, I had, I, 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 you know, I was not political at all. Well, I knew what was happening. I knew what was wrong. But, you know, it was a waste of time. Elections were such a waste of time. You know, you just waste your, your whole day or two days because sometimes you have to show up the night before the election to make sure you're in line to cast your vote, right? Um, but, you know, so young people were just not participating. But here came a young man, you know, whom we knew very well. He had, you know, we had seen him in the media transform into this, wonderful politician and he was telling us that look it's possible you know if you join if we join hands if we all show up and protect our vote you know we could change things and for the first time so historically the ugandan election usually only six percent of the population votes only six percent of 45 million shows up to vote but for the first time after Bobby was, you know, sending out this wonderful message of everyone needs to become a voter, not just a supporter, but a voter. Let's not just talk about these issues. Let's participate. There was a new, the, 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 the electoral commission reported that in the first, in the, in, in the first time in the history of our country, 10%, like a total of 10% of the population registered to become voters. Now, that is just clearly showing you that, look, this message is resonating with the whole country. You know, 10% of new voters of the whole 45 million people have registered to vote. Those are Bobby's voters, right? So, um, and a lot of them were young people. So this was really organic and, and it was natural. It, it just happened before our eyes. And, you know, it was a blessing to capture this, these moments and, and to be present to witness them, yeah. And Bobby, Bobby and Bobby and their entire family are just so remarkable. And, you know, I love that you've created this film, which is such a testament to who they are as people and is giving the opportunity to introduce so many people to them as well and on a global landscape. So congratulations on a phenomenal film and thank you so much for talking about it. Yeah, I mean, we really hope that the story of Uganda, the story of Bobby and Bobby really, you know, goes far and wide and we, you know, we appreciate National Geographic and everything they're doing, you know, they've, they've really put us on this wonderful journey and platform and, you know, every level of support is really, really welcome and greatly appreciated.